in a little side uh, plaza in Rome, uh, a little bit off the beaten track. Uh, there's a church, the church of St. Peter in Chains. And in that church, maybe some of you have been there and seen it, in that church there is the great statue of Moses, uh, sculpted by Michelangelo. And it is said that when Michelangelo had completed the statue, it looked so alive, so real. And you've got to understand that this was a completely new art form uh, to that age, this ability to make a person out of marble so alive, so real, that it looked like they were living. It's said that Michelangelo hit the statue on the knee uh, with his hammer, and he said, live, as he hit it on the knee with the hammer. And you can actually still see the little bit of damage that the hammer did on his knee. John Paul II, years ago, uh, went to that church to celebrate a mass. Uh, that church preserves the chains uh, in which Peter uh, was imprisoned when he was in Rome. Um, and John Paul II told this story of this statue. And he said that what he would like to say and what God wants to say to us, God wants to hit us on the knee, each one of us. And he wants to say, live, be what you are, become what you are an image of. Michelangelo looking at the image of Moses created by uh, uh, his art, uh, wanted Moses to live. God wants us who are created in his image and likeness to live. And he came for this life. He came to give us this life. And he has given us this life. He has officially, completely, and totally sworn over to us the, his life, a real share in his life, a real ability to be truly, to live, to be his image. Michelangelo's um, striking with the hammer could be seen as an act of hubris. It certainly was an act of futility but not the work of God, not the work of God. The work of God is real and effective, and he has given us this life. He has given us this life through our own baptism. Our baptism is the gift of this life. And if you followed the opening prayer, the collect prayer of this Mass is a very beautiful collect prayer because it asks precisely this. It asks that on this day in which we celebrate the fact that the, the Spirit came upon Jesus as he was baptized in the River Jordan, that, um, that, that, uh, uh, and the voice from heaven proclaimed him to be his beloved son. It goes on to say that we, who are his sons by adoption, because that's what we are, we are the son of God by adapt, adoption. The fathers of the church were willing to go so far as to call us Alter Christus, other Christs. We are other Christs, not, in, not sharing his divine nature, but with the real participation and a belonging to that nature. That nature has been given to us, that nature which is love. God is love, and his love has been poured out in our souls in a new life, in a new life that makes us really, the statue, the piece of marble couldn't become a human being. It was impossible. And that's why I say it was a, fu a futile act uh, that Michelangelo did. But this act, this act is real. 
this act is true, we can become, we have become, by our baptism, we who have become his children by adoption. So the Father in heaven, this is what the prayer is saying, the Father in heaven looking down upon his Son who is beginning his ministry says, you are my beloved Son in whom I am well pleased. And then it says, we who are his adopted sons, may we also be pleasing to him. That's the way the prayer is structured and it's a beautiful prayer. It's a beautiful prayer that we might, uh, we who are his sons by adoption, might spring up like Michelangelo wanted his statue to do, and we might become, we might be, we might be for the world the true sons of God, the true sons of God, sons of his love, sons begotten of him through his love in this extraordinary sacrament of baptism. The fathers of the church tell us when they ask themselves, how could Jesus, uh, God from God, light from light, true God from true God, be baptized by John? And the fathers of the church, reflecting on this, say, said to themselves, concluded for themselves, that the baptism of Jesus transfers to the waters the power of holiness. And it's in those waters that we are baptized. So there's a transference here as well, that Jesus makes holy the waters into which we are then plunged in our own baptism. And plunged, even if we weren't plunged into the water, the water uh, poured over our head is that plunging. We who are bathed in that water in which Jesus was baptized receive through the sacrament of that water the life, a new life, a new life. St. Paul insisted on this. The whole chorus of the New Testament testifies to this new life. But St. Paul continually insisted on this newness of our life, that we are new, we are a new creature. We're not, we're not simply the sum of our biology and our psychology. We are new creatures made for love and given the gift of divine love and invited to share in the life of his love. And this, my friends, is what transforms the world. And the Lord is waiting already. He's waiting already for the results of his gift. He wants to see the world transformed. He wants to see the, war, the world transformed by his love. And we can sit here and criticize the world. We can, hear, we can sit here and criticize the directions uh, that the world is taking and the many things that get approved in our laws that we abhor. We can sit here and criticize all those things. But we have to ask ourselves, how, is my heart on fire? Is my heart alive? Am I sitting there like a lump of marble, not yet living the life that the Lord gave me to live? We need to ask ourselves that question. We bear a responsibility, a co-responsibility with Christ for the world in which we live because we are his body and we are his mission in this world. So as we celebrate the, the, the baptism of, of Jesus and the birth, the origin of our own baptism, let us ask ourselves this. Let us be willing to beat our breasts and ask the Lord. Say, Lord, I don't know how to do it. 
I don't know how to do it. It's not a question of suddenly knowing all the ways. But Lord, let me love. I do know how to do this. And you have given me this. This is the gift that you have given me. The gift that my love might be truly your love. The pure, uh, the pure un, uh, unreciprocal, un, not looking for anything in return. The pure gratuitous, that's the word I was looking for, sorry. The pure gratuitous love, your pure gratuitous love. Lord, let me love. Lord, let me love. You know the famous story of Teresa Lisieux when she wanted to go on the great missions and her dream was to become a great missionary. She'd read St. Francis Xavier's diaries and she'd read all the, and she knew all the great things that were going on in the world and she wanted also to be a great missionary. But that wasn't her call. Her health could never sustain it. Um, and uh, she had joined an order that had a different mission in the world. And she took time and reflection. But in the end, she, she came to the conclusion, and this is the beginning of her whole spiritual uh, journey, which is such a, a path that so many can travel. My place in your church, O oh Lord, is to be love. That's what she concluded. That's our place too. Whether we become great missionaries or whatever we might do, our, our, our place in the church is love. That is what it means. That is what the, 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 the bang on the knee uh, that John Paul II would like to give to us to spur us into action, is to spur us into that action of love. Let us hold nothing back. Let us love prodigally, totally, and completely.